In our second reading from St. Paul's letter to Timothy, he exhorts us to stir into flame the gift of God that we have received. Uh, I think of, you know, just making fire. And I, I was never really a Boy Scout, although I've watched Survivor on TV. Uh, and every time I watch it, every time I watch Survivor, see people trying to make fire and live out in the wilderness, you see the effort that it takes to keep a fire going, to make it, sure, but also to keep it going, especially out in the elements. It requires constant vigilance, uh, and someone always sort of has to be tending it. And fire is so important if you're in some sort of survival situation. It's essential. You can't get clean water because you need to boil it. Uh, you can't really cook food, and it's rather difficult uh, to get heat without it. And in this second reading today, St. Paul uses this example of fire uh, to talk about the gift of faith. And he just sort of draws a comparison between fire and, and faith. Just as fire is essential for survival, if one is in that situation, faith is also essential for our spiritual survival. And it also requires, much like fire, constant vigilance. And also we could say that fire and faith provide light for us. Now in ancient times you needed fire in order to have light, in order to move about in the nighttime. And faith, you could say, gives us a light to move through the darkness that life can often present us with. However, if we really think about it, faith is increasingly seen in terms that are not as I've described uh, instead, we often perceive, or at least our world, perceives someone who has faith to be in the dark rather than to have light. After all, many postmodern atheists claim to be enlightened by not having faith. And this would seem to contradict the idea of faith as a light. So I think it's worth asking the question today, who is more enlightened, someone who has faith or someone who doesn't? Let's look at someone maybe who doesn't have faith, who might consider faith to be illogical mythology that confines one to dogmas. For most people in this case, life's meaning and purpose are found in things like science or other human pursuits, or life just doesn't really have a purpose at all. And so many people in this situation would see faith as a restriction on one's life, and they would long to be liberated from its seeming constraints. There's a problem, though, with this way of thinking. It's a, and it's this. Whenever we try to find the meaning and purpose of life on our own terms, we inherently lock ourselves in within the confines of our own ego. And that is a smaller place than what most of us would maybe dare to admit. Locking ourselves up in the confines of our own minds. Again, li if life's meaning is only confined to what the human mind can conceive, that is quite a limiting thing, if you think about it. Again, I might think I've got a pretty big brain, but it's not that big. And that's the case for all of us, too. It's quite a limiting thing, if you think about it. To limit life's meaning and purpose to only things that another human being can create. By contrast, brothers and sisters, our liberation and dare say our salvation come from surrendering to the purpose of God. And this is what faith is. Faith opens us up 
to the infinitely vast space of God's intentions for us. It is far from debilitating. In fact, it is quite the opposite. It it opens up the heart, the soul, and the mind, and it gets us out of our ego, that place which is infinitely boring. It gets us out of our own ego, where so many people live today. And while some people think that you know, faith debilitates us? No, in fact, it liberates us. Faith opens us up to God, and without God, the purpose of life is lost. We don't understand what things are or what they're meant to be. Now, some other people might say, well, you know, yeah, people might abandon faith, but what's the big deal in that? How does that affect me? How does that affect society at large? Well, the British author G.K. Chesterton, I think, described it quite well. He's talking about a lack of faith in God, and he says, If you stop believing in God, if you stop believing, you will believe in anything. If you stop believing, you actually will believe in anything. And this is so true in our society, brothers and sisters. In our abandonment of faith, we've only replaced it with all sorts of idols. Pursuit of pleasure, honor, power, wealth, an obsession with politics. All of these things have just replaced faith as the object of our mind's devotion. If you stop believing, you will believe in anything. We've only just aimlessly passed from one earthly lord to another. And we have a name for that. It's called idolatry. It's exactly what it's called. We are inherently religious creatures, brothers and sisters, and so we want to put our faith into something. But yet when we abandon faith, we become polytheist and abandon ourselves to all kinds of different worldly pursuits, going after a whole host of things, one after another. It's no surprise, then, that in Scripture, the demoniac is a splitting power, one who seeks to split and to divide to divide our allegiances and our devotions, whereas faith is a unifying power. And we often make so many other things our gods and our allegiances and devotions are fractured, and yet faith seeks to unite it all in one place, around one person. You look at so many things that are sort of going on in our world and tie them back to an abandonment of faith as our unifying principle for which we exist. And so it is, brothers and sisters, that faith gives us light. It illumines every facet of human existence. And this fire of faith is so powerful that we realize that it cannot come from just within ourselves. It has to come from outside, from a much more primordial source, namely God himself. This fire, this light of faith, It's a light that precedes us. And so we can lean on it. And it provides the security upon which we can build our lives. Faith is also not a private matter. It's not something that's individualistic either. It comes from hearing and reaches its fullest expression in being proclaimed to others and witnessed to. This is that fire, that flame, that St. Paul reminds us to stir to keep going, and to keep a lit. And so when we pray as the apostles prayed in the Gospels today, Lord, increase our faith. We can simply pray, Lord, help me to keep that fire of faith burning in my heart. 
Lord, may the light that you have given me serve as a beacon in the darkness of our fallen world. The true enlightenment we experience from faith, brothers and sisters, is worth the effort it takes to keep that flame lit. So let us today fan into flame the fire God wants us to cultivate, that gift of faith, and open our hearts to the lights that faith brings, and pray for an increase in that fire that provides direction, hope, and purpose to our lives.